Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 4th of December 2016, entitled, The Lord Will Do Wonders, Part 2. And the Bible readings are taken from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, and chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Joshua chapter 3. Hold your finger there. Turn back over to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read this passage and then pick up where we left off last week, God willing. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy and precious Word, beginning in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals from within three days. Ye shall pass over the Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And then in chapter 3, verse 1, and Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye seek the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it, Ye there sh yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Father, thank you so much, Lord. Lord, as we do as we look back at what you've done for your servant here, I pray, Lord, I pray that you would help us to grasp from it how that, Lord, 
you will still do wonders today. You will still do wonders through your people. You'll still do wonders through your church if we will, but Lord, be that which you would have us to be. If we'll trust you, if we'll have the faith, as we look at these things, we pray that you would help us speak to hearts here today. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. I began last week by saying that I do believe with all of my heart that God is still in the wonder-working business. I believe just as surely as we look into God's Word that just as He was with His people when they crossed over Jordan to go into the promised land, He's still with us today. The same promises have been given to us today, and we can count on them. I believe that there's not an individual here. You see, this doesn't rely upon your abilities. It doesn't rely upon how well or how badly that you've been trained uh, to do something. It doesn't rely on your intellect. It relies totally, utterly, completely upon God. I believe that each and every one of you Whoever you are, wherever you are, if you belong to God, God can and will do wonders through you in this world that we live in. And I am just as assured that through all the ups and downs and everything else that Bethel Free Baptist Church today, that we can expect and know that God will still work wonders amongst us through his people. We know that so many times... It's so easy to get discouraged. We, we've reminded ourselves that what we're looking at here in Joshua, that when, when they got here and, and God had shown them what lay before them, he showed, showed them Canaan land, he showed them the promised land. And yet out of the 12 that went in to spy out what God had already given to them, 10 of them saw the circumstances, the battles, the giants, the obstacles that were all in their way to keep them from having what God had promised to them. Only Joshua and Caleb saw what God had showed to them. Only they had the confidence of knowing that God would give. Have you ever thought about this? That for 40 years, they had to wander in the wilderness with all those doubters that we read. It was because of their lack of faith. You see, your lack of faith can affect those around you as well. Joshua and Caleb had to wait 40 years, even though they had the faith, because those around them did not have it. Now, if God is still that wonder-working God, that he worked among them when he led them into that promised land, how can we, how can we today see great things come to us? How can we see God do wonders amongst us? And we said last week that the Lord will do wonders through divine direction. Too many times today, we want to become professional Christians and professional churches. There's nothing wrong. We should do everything that we do for God to the very best of our ability. But you see, it's not man's plans and it's not man's directives. The very first thing that we saw in our reading is God giving his directives to Joshua. God said, this is what I want. I'm saying to you today, we can get on. And, and our object 
Our object, my object certainly as the pastor, is not to fill up every one of those seats and, and have to bring more chairs out. If that happens, praise God. My object is not just to put warm bodies on seats. My object is to see God do a work. We can put bodies on seats in all kinds of ways. And there are plenty of programs. I'm not so foolish nor so naive not to realize that there are things that we could do to draw crowds in. That's not what we're here for. We're here to do God's business. I want to see God do wonders amongst us that cannot be accredited to man in any way, shape, or form, that can't be accredited to man's program. But if we're going to see that, the first thing that we must do, we must have his direction. We must follow his directives. Secondly, that was what we saw, that we, first of all, it's going to happen through God's divine directives, but it's going to come through divine, decisive Obedience on our part. Decisive obedience. His divine directives, our decisive obedience. It's one thing to know what God says and to know what God wants. But it's another thing altogether to obey it and to do it as he has showed us to do. When we looked at some of the things last week, I reminded you and I would remind you again that there's something like 7.4 billion people alive on planet Earth right now. As of August 2016, that's what the World Health Organization says. That's the number that they give for the number of people on this earth. Over 100 people dying every minute. Over 150,000 dying every day. Over 56 million dying every year. But yet if God tarries, in a couple of hundred years, that population will be doubled again. You see, we can look at the task and we can say, wow, how can we ever possibly do anything about it? Well, first of all, first of all, we need divine directives and we need decisive obedience, but I want to give you a third thing today. Do you really want to see God do wonders in your life? You've got to get in his words. You've got to know what he wants, and you've got to be willing to obey it. But thirdly, he's going to bring it to those that are directly dependent. Directly dependent upon him. Unto the land, he said in those verses, which I do give to thee. This is what I am giving. I've told you what I want. It's up to you to obey it. You're going to have to depend on me. It's me that's doing this. You see, it still amazes me how patient and merciful that God is with us. I mean, when we just keep getting it so wrong so much of the time, for 40 years, they were in that wilderness while God had the gift for them right there, right before their eyes. But they weren't crossing over for it because they didn't believe. They wouldn't reach out. They wouldn't take what was theirs, what God had for them. It wasn't that it wasn't there. It's just that they didn't have the faith to reach out and to take it. They were too dependent on their own strength. That's why the ten, when they saw all of these obstacles, all of these giants in the land, and they saw themselves as mere grasshoppers before these giants. 
They were seeing the obstacles because they were depending upon them to be able. God said, I am giving this to you. But they were still dependent upon themselves to overcome the obstacles to get to it. Their whole thinking was upon what they could do or what they couldn't do instead of by faith taking God at his word. God said, I want you to cross over. God said, I will give this to you. But they still let the obstacles hinder them. Look, sometimes... We have trouble just, just trusting him. We have trouble just trusting him because sometimes you honestly realize that it's because we just don't feel like we deserve it. I'm that way sometimes. Sometimes I just feel like, you know, how can I ask God of this? How can I expect God to do this? I don't deserve God to do anything for me. But you know what? We never will. We never will. If we wait until we're deserving, we will never, ever, ever be deserving. It'll never happen. None of us deserve salvation, but God saved us anyway. If you look into Paul's writings to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul writing to the church at Corinth says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. I've said this many, many, many times, and I'm going to struggle, so I'm going to try to hang on here. I've said so many times, you know, that there is absolutely nothing that we can accomplish within ourselves that is going to be of any effect in eternity Yes, we can do things here. We can help people here. We can do good things here. But folks, if anything is to happen that's going to allow us to see God do things, our sufficiency is in Christ, our only sufficiency. The only reason we can be saved is not because we deserve it, but because he loved us so much, because by his grace, he's giving us what we don't deserve. And may I say to you, that's the same in everything in life. I'm standing here and preaching, not because I'm so smart, not because I'm so, so spiritual, but because we have a very merciful and gracious God that allows that to be. And whatever he does, let us not lose sight if we so many times, if we're having trouble trusting that God is going to do something great through us or through our church because we deserve it, because of what we're doing, then it will never happen. Help us. Help us as he says here. He says in the very next chapter in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, notice what he says in verse 5. He says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. That's what's up on our sign out front. Do we mean that? We preach not ourselves, but him, Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's going to make a difference he says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure now in these earthen vessels that the excellency might be of God and not of us. You see... 
Too many today think that God will do great and wonderful things because they deserve it or because they're so spiritual. Because I want you to get your mind off of That's not what we see here. We see total, utter, complete dependence upon God. Not what we have. Great things will come to those that are dependent on God. God doesn't have to do anything. But God loves you. And God wants his work accomplished. And God wants to use you just as here, just as we read in Joshua, just as he did for Joshua in those early verses when he directed him. God, Moses, Moses is gone. But I want to use you. I want to use you to lead the people out of here. He said there in verse, verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Do we believe that today? Sometimes we need to expand our horizons a little bit. <laughs> we talked about getting in that rut last week. Sometimes we need to look out over the rut. We need to expand our horizons. We need to realize that we're not talking about seeing what we deserve or seeing what we can do. We're talking about following the directives that God has given and depending solely upon him because of who he is. God can still do those wonders today. We find that it's only through that dependence that that gift can be possessed. <laughs> they could have crossed over Jordan before that 40 years of wandering had they just trusted and believed what he had said to them in the first place. Today, do we believe that souls can be saved? Do we believe that it's the community around us as we see it fill up with more Muslims and, and, and more Sikhs and more Buddhists and more Hindus and all these different faiths? Do we believe that God is still saving souls today or don't we? We can't get smart enough. We can't do the things within ourselves, but I'm saying to you today, we can still see the wonders of God if we'll follow his directives, if we'll obey them, and if we'll depend upon him to do it. That's what Joshua had to do. <laughs> I find that too many times today, we just don't believe that those souls are going to be saved. <laughs> we think the world's got them too much. We don't believe that God can build a church in our day that can have an impact, a true impact on the people and the, and the city around us. Too many of us just don't believe that his work can be accomplished on earth today. Folks, God didn't save us to sit down and wait it out. He didn't. But too many Christians, and if we're honest today, there's too many Christians that are just sitting down and waiting it out. It's all those daily routines and all those things that get us through this life that we're so focused on, and we have no focus on what God wants to do with our life and what God will do with our lives. We somehow lose the incentive. <laughs> I, remember, I remember reading the story of a, of a horse jockey one time that Man, he was just winning and winning and winning, and nobody could figure out what's this guy doing. And they noticed that just before the stalls would open, he would come out. This, this horse jockey was always reaching over, and he was whispering something in the ear of that horse. And man, when that gate opened, he shot out of there like a bullet. He'd just keep winning and keep winning. And finally somebody asked him, said, 
what in the world are you whispering in that horse's ear before he comes out of the gate? And he says just a little poem. What kind of a poem? He said, roses are red, violets are blue. Horses that lose are turned into glue. He said, believe me, I made that horse want to run. <laughs> As if a horse could understand language. But what I'm saying, folks, is sometimes we need a little incentive to get out the gate and get on with it. Do we really, really think that we need to? Too many Christians today have lost their, their reason. They've lost their, their purpose in, in, in living. In John chapter 4 and in verse 35, the Bible tells us this. Jesus said, Say not ye that there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Do we somehow believe that something else has got to happen, that there's a bit more time, that it's, it's not right now that we can win these souls to Christ. It's not right now that we can make us a difference. I'm saying to you that God has sent us into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. He's given us the responsibility to possess this land for him. But there are enemies. There are those that want to stop us. There are many giants out there. There are many obstacles that are in the way. But he's promised us. He's promised us that if we will go, he will give the increase. We can choose to wander in the wilderness if we want. But we can cross over Jordan into the promised land, into where God wants us to be. And we, we make that decision so many times every day of our life. Most of us could quote it. Acts chapter 1. In verse 8, you've heard me make this point before, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You see, it's only through the Holy Ghost. Now, they were having to wait. You get the Holy Ghost when you get saved. He takes up residence in you. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And when that happens, he said, ye shall be witnesses unto me if you haven't circled it, maybe you want to circle that next word in your Bible right now. Both. You will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You see, it's not a matter of what's more important. It's a matter of what does both mean. It means at the same time in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the uttermost part, the gospel is to go into all the regions to every human being, regardless of what color their skin is, regardless of what language that they speak. If we have to learn their language, then we'll learn their language. If we have to pack our bags and go off to the jungles, if that's where God wants us, we ought to be willing. He's saying, go to them. They're there. They need to be one. He's given us the world. It's our field to reach. I guess a lot of it depends on like the the shoe salesman we talked about last Sunday, you know, when he was looking at Africa, the jungles, this place where nobody wore shoes, <laughs> you know, when we look at the world, do we see it as the fact that <laughs> not many people out there want what we've got? Or do we see it, man, more than ever, everybody out there needs what we've got. 
They need what we've got. It's wide open to us. The, wheel, the fields are white already to harvest. Another interesting figure, folks. From Adam and Eve, in the very beginning, until the year 1800, it's estimated that a total number of people that lived uh, during that time span was something like 4 billion people. From the beginning to the 1800, 4 billion people. Right now, in the last 200, we've got almost twice that alive on earth right now. That was how many had lived all together, but right now, there's like 7.5 billion alive now. If you could freeze the population of China, which at this point is just under 1.4 billion people in that one land. If you were to take an evangelistic team there, and if we were to look as an example, well, hey, how about what happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts? So if we could take an evangelistic team there and we go there and the first day we set up, the first day we start reaching out, the first day we start preaching, whoa, 3,000 people get saved. That would be pretty exciting, wouldn't it? It would be for me if I were preaching and 3,000 people got saved at one whack. But then what if it happened again the next day and again the next day and again the next day? Wow, look what God is doing. But may I say to you that if you won 3,000 souls every day of the week, day after day after day, it would take you 1,275 plus years to reach the people on that continent with 3,000 people a day getting saved in that meeting. Whoa. I don't know about you. I don't believe i got 1,300 years left to, to reach them. Wow. What are we supposed to do then? Well... I say, if we follow the direction book. You see, Jesus' plan was win one. And then that one, win another. Both of you go out and win another one. And then those go out and win one more each. And that's the way God showed us to do it. Not for one person to have to go out and preach and win 3,000 people. But for every one of us that become a child of God to win one person. You see, if we did it that way in China... <laughs> If we went out the first day and we won one person and then the next day you and him went out and won one each, that doubles. And then the next day each would go out and just win one. Instead of almost 1,300 years in 31 days, your job would be finished. It would be complete. They say, well, one a day is quite a lot. So maybe if we, if we all did one a week, if we all just won one soul a week, Instead of almost 1,300 years, it would take you seven months. What about if we only won one a year? I mean, is that too much to ask of any one person a year and teach that one person to win one person more? If we did it that way, one a year, instead of 31 days, 31 years. <laughs> 31 years, the job would be complete. Folks, God has given us the directives in how to do His work, how to see wonders happen, how to see revival like this world has never seen before. But it takes divine directions, His directives, 
It takes decisive obedience on our part. And it takes dependence on him, not on us. Jesus working through each and every one of, yes, you and me and those true born-again believers working through us, doing what he will accomplish. I find it kind of hard to believe the other way, that if we were really serious about what God had left us to do, if we really wanted to see God doing wonders, I think that thinking about only getting one person a year saved would probably put us to shame. <laughs> Is that all that I'm going to try to do? If we focus on just doing what he's told us to do, going where he's told us to go, just as he did Joshua and the nation of Israel. He said, there it is. You go over there. I will give it to you. That's exactly what Jesus has told us. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. <laughs> we find that We've got the same promise, folks. Our directives is not to cross over the Jordan and move into Canaan land, but our directives is to get out there in this world and win the lost to Christ. Can we ever just get the simplicity? That's what we need to do. That's what it's about. That's how your life will make a difference. That's how you can see revival like you've never seen in your life when God, begins to work through each and every individual in these simple ways that he has given to us. And we're going to look at some other things in the next week or two ahead, however long it takes us. But I want you to understand. I want you to grasp. Some of them aren't here today. Well, I can't preach to the ones that aren't here. But we are here today. I want you to grasp and believe with all your heart that God is a wonder-working God. And that God has given us the divine directions. All we have to do, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to figure it out. He's given them to us. We have to decide whether or not we're going to obey it. And I'm saying to you today that you need to depend totally, directly, completely upon him and no other to do the work. God will do the work. God promised you. We could look at that great passage in, in John chapter 15 when he's talking about the, the vines and the branches. Mm -hmm. He's talking about how he promises us we will be fruitful if we're connected to him, if it's through him, if it's his sustenance, if it's his power, if it's him that's causing the work to take place. Oh, there will be fruit. There will be fruit in your life. I don't care if you feel like that you're the most shy person that ever lived. <laughs> You just can't face people with that. I don't care if you, by the way, that's part of what we looked at last Sunday evening in being fruitful is the first one is to be humble. <laughs> Humility. <laughs> I don't care if you feel like that you've got so many obstacles in the way that there's absolutely no way. You don't know this. You don't know that. You don't know that. I don't care what it is. I'm not asking you what stands in your way. I'm not asking you what you have to overcome. I'm asking you, do you believe God or not? Are you willing? God is never, never going to do great things in your life or in this church 
until we start getting back to his word, obeying him, depending upon him to do the work. And we'll see some other things, but I want you to grasp and believe and know God will still do it, and God will do it through you. He's not looking for your ability, as we've said many times. He's looking for your availability. Are you willing to be used of God today? Father, I believe with all my heart that you're still a wonder-working God. And I believe that the reason, Lord, just like when your children wandered in the wilderness there for 40 years, Lord, they, they just didn't believe. They saw all the obstacles. They saw everything that was in the way to keep them from possessing the land. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Help us to see as Joshua and Caleb did. Help us to realize that, Lord, that it's you, you that have given us the land. It's you that have given us not only this responsibility. Lord, you've given us this field that you've placed us in. You've given us the power to work within us that through that, Lord, that we can be the witnesses that you'd have us to be. Lord, I pray. I pray that you'd send great revival to this church, to this land, to those people, Lord, that'll simply look to you and trust to you because, Lord, the things that you can do are far beyond anything that we can even imagine. And I pray even here today, help us to leave with a greater faith and a greater confidence in what you'll do for us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.